Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. (laughs) I was going to say welcome back until you stole my thunder. Eric, thanks. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. I stole it again. I stole your thunder twice. God. That sounds like a good movie. I stole your thunder twice. Right? That's a good title. Sounds like a good SNL skit or something. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been an SNL skit, a good one, in a long time. Try 30 years. (laughs) They need something, I guess, right? Right. Um, hey everyone! Thanks for uh, yeah. joining us today. Yeah, welcome uh, back. I'm Jason. I'm Eric, yeah. and uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk some more entertainment news. Yeah, I'm really excited about this episode, Eric, because we are. have a nice, diverse uh, range of stories to opine about, uh, ranging from the lighthearted to the serious and to the thought provoking. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. And uh, <clears throat> yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get started. I did want yeah. to say, and I'm not going to throw you a curveball. You know, there was a story that I w- that we were. <laughs> well, there was a story <laughs> that 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 we don't have here on the list, but I did yeah. want to put in there. Um, I totally forgot about. I knew I was forgetting something, and we'll talk quickly yeah. about it. And uh, I'll give you a clue. It has to do with Star Wars. A oh. Star Wars TV series. Oh, oh, I think I know which one it okay. is. So anyway, we'll 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 get we'll get to it. But all anyway, right, all right, all right. Um, I just didn't <clears throat> want to throw you a curveball. Hey, sure, um, that's fine. Now we have on our list here. Uh, you had an interesting uh, story you found. Yeah, uh, they're redoing a the Naked Gun series. Tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you who love the slapstick comedy and humor of Jim, uh, uh, Jerry Zucker, and Jim Abrams. For those of you who don't know those names, those are the two guys who produced and directed uh, the wonderful comedy Airplane, which is still one of my oh, favorite comedies yeah. of all time. Classic. Classic comedy. Great. We'll get into that one later. Maybe we'll do a retro Ooh, we flashback. We'll do a retro review. We'll do a yeah. retro review on that next time around. Yeah. Okay, but getting to the point here. So The Naked Gun. How many of you remember from the Files of Police Squad, The Naked Gun? I do, I do, I do. Yeah, so Police Squad, I think if I remember correct, was a series that was on TV. TV series. TV series. Mm -hmm. And then uh, back in the late 80s, I think 88 or 89, Leslie Nielsen played the uh, ridiculously clumsy and um, uh, insane... Inept. Inept, thank you, that's the I word I was looking for, police detective known as Frank Drebin. Did it so well that his character immortalized Enrico Palazzo as a home plate umpire at an Angels baseball game. (laughs) That was the best. That was great. Enrico Palazzo. Strike! He's he's undercover, he dresses up as as this umpire, and it's like... Uh, the the Angels, the home team, they were yep. like pitching all over the place, and every pitch was a strike, and the fans yes. were going wild. So yeah, for those was, of you who have great seen, yeah, for those, for those of you who have seen it, you know how ridiculously funny it is. Ricardo Montalban, The Wrath of Khan, oh. Khan is in it too. Remember he played yeah. uh, the main villain in it. Priscilla now, was, that, was that Naked Gun one, right? That was the first Naked Gun. Yeah. So the cat, the starring cast was Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin. Ricardo Montalban played uh, the main antagonist in it. Uh, Raymond something. I forgot was it, his, Presley was the what was her name Priscilla Presley Priscilla, Priscilla Presley was in it and then it also starred George Kennedy if you don't know oh, that's right George Kennedy yeah. who was a great character actor in his day George Kennedy was uh, wasn't he he was in Cool Hand Luke right he was in Cool Hand Luke he yeah. played uh, the big guy the big guy I can't remember what his name was yeah. yeah he played boss man in Cool Hand Luke 
No, he wasn't boss man. Oh no, you're right. Strother Martin was boss. Yeah, boss yeah, yeah. Man, right? He he was he was one of the inmates. I can't remember what his uh, what his character's name was. But. Not Strother. It was Strother Martin. But at any rate, so and then George Kennedy was also in. Um, he was also in a couple of other good uh, wartime films as well. But at any rate, he was in Naked Gun also. And so where I'm going with this, folks, is that uh, I saw a, a story this week about Liam Neeson is set to star in a new Naked Gun movie. Now, from what I understand, this is not going to be... It's going to be a reboot. Okay. So, And we all know Liam Neeson, a great, wonderful, great actor, a man with a particular set of skills. Yes, uh, Obviously, yes. he came back and kind of revived his career with uh, the role of Brian Mills in Taken, which is a fabulous action movie. Yes. Some great stuff in it. So Liam Neeson is going to be um, in this Naked Gun film. Which is very interesting. It's interesting to me, Eric, because now here, according to Deadline, uh, the plot details are being kept under wraps, except that Neeson might be playing the son of Detective Frank Drebin instead of stepping into the role made famous by mm, Leslie Nielsen. Okay. Uh, Neeson, and I did not know this, Eric, but Neeson is 70 years old. Did you know that? Liam Neeson? Yeah. I knew he was old, but yeah, 70. I okay, didn't know I he's could see 70. that. Oh, he so, looked like he was 70 and taken. Yeah. <laughs> that was shot how long so, ago? <laughs> even though he looks like he has really good plastic surgery, he's 70 years old. But I guess when you, and given the fact that Leslie Nielsen was born in 1926, plausibly he could look like he could pass as, you know, Leslie Nielsen's son in the movie. Mm. But so apparently, according again, according to Deadline, while the plot details are being kept under wraps, he is going to be possibly repri not reprising, but possibly playing Leslie Nielsen's character's son, the son of Frank Drebin. Okay. Not going back to re um to refresh the movie as Frank Drebin. Just, it's like a continuation. Right, continuation, which to me is interesting because if you've seen Liam Neeson, you know he doesn't star in a lot of comedies. And, yeah, I've never seen him in a comedy. That's what I saw him in one of the greatest rom coms ever made, which is Love Actually. Well, okay. it's not. I, okay. But it, he had a serious role in that though, because he played. That wasn't like that wasn't like rom. I don't know. Was is that? Would you, would we classify that yes, as a rom com? A ro it's a romantic comedy. It's a rom com. Mm, okay. okay. Even though Liam Neeson played a widower in that movie, yeah, it's still classified as a rom com. Which I'll, I'll be honest, I was not not that he did a bad job, but you know, it was, it was just hard for me to buy him in that role. I gotta admit. Yeah. And so that's why it's kind of hard for me to buy him in this role because yeah. I've always I'm used to watching Liam Neeson kick ass as a man with particular set of skills. And of course, he was fantastic in Schindler's List, mm, playing yeah, Oscar yeah, Schindler, right. which is one of three movies that makes me cry still to this day. What was that movie where he played? Was it a, it was a Scottish, uh, um, uh, Scottish fighter like Rob Roy? Rob Roy, that's what it was. That yes. kind of, that co that movie coincided with the release mm -hmm. of Braveheart, and so everybody mm, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. thought it was just trying to rip off Braveheart. Yeah, but Rob Roy is actually pretty good. And he also was in one of my favorite Sam Raimi films of all time, Dark Man. Do you remember Dark Man? Yeah, I do. Was he the bad guy in that? He, uh, no. No, no, what, no. The bad guy was the, the other bad guy. guy I can't was, think of. The bad guy was Larry Drake, who was in... Um, Larry Drake, who played in that... that uh, uh, oh, what is the name of that? He was the dysfunctional... Netflix series. But more... Well, I don't remember him from a Netflix wait, series, wait, wait. but I remember Larry Drake from the show. I think he was in Hill Street Blues. He played the dysfunctional guy. But at any, at any rate... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I know we're both fishing for our memories well, here. I'm trying to remember. Um, you know, I'm thinking of a, what was the name? Of, what's the name of that that show? Oh my gosh, on Netflix. Oh, well, we're getting way off. Anyway, we are. Let's stay. Let's stay let's, the let's course. Let's stay here. on track. We always do this. Let's, let's stay on track. Okay, so 
Liam Neeson, Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Is it yeah. going to work? I don't know. Well, okay, look. I, okay, I don't know. I, I'll just say this. I don't know because I'm so used to seeing Liam. Okay, people need to stop texting me, please. <laughs> okay, stop texting. Um, because Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's texting you yeah, right now. Right? He's saying, yeah. He, I, I have a particular set of skills. I, I will find you. Com- comedic skills. And I will text you. you. Right. <laughs> That's a good uh, Lego Batman voice there. <laughs> but um, so, Eric, for me, it's hard to see him in this role because mm. he's such a fantastic dramatic actor. Yeah. With so many great roles, Oscar worthy and Cause, non. Because Naked Gun is so slapstick over the top. I it mean, is. it's it's if it's, anybody has not seen it, I mean that's what we're talking about. You should actually go back and watch those. You should. Those are, I mean, they're just way over the top comedy. It's I mean, it's satirical. Your, it's whimsical. It's in your face it, comedy. Yes, it's there's nothing. It yeah, there, there's nothing slight about it at all. But at the no. time, those were very funny movies. That was the type of comedy yep. that was just that. That's what we had back in those yeah. days. You know, it movies, TV shows. It yeah. was. Yeah, so so when I saw this story, I just automatically latched to it because I'm like, now that's an interesting casting call. Yeah, interesting choice for sure. Now, I will say this. I'm going to give Neeson the benefit of the doubt here, okay? I never thought Robin Williams could transition from the role of comedian to serious actor mm. until I saw him in Dead Poets Society. Oh, that's right. And when yeah. I saw Dead Poets Society and then Awakenings and then Goodwill Hunting, I'm like, boom, I'm sold. Great yeah, actor. Yeah. So if anyone can make that transition into from serious acting into comedy, it could be Liam Neeson. Could be. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I will okay. say it might work, but obviously this movie is not going to come out for a while, so we have plenty of time to think about it and theorize and everything else. Well, let me ask you this. Who do you yeah. think, who, who would you have picked to play in that role? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. Um, I, I was thinking like maybe uh, Ryan Reynolds. No, I wouldn't go Ryan Reynolds. You wouldn't Reynolds. go Ryan Reynolds? No. Mm. Actually, I would... I would actually because you do need a serious actor. Now that was the thing, you know. Uh, True. Um, yes. Um, what's his name uh, that played the original um, Leslie character? Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie he, Nielsen. Uh, he yeah. uh, was, was very straight. He played it very serious yeah. and very straight, and that's what made it funny. Is yep. that he wasn't trying to be. He wasn't ha ha ha. Look at me. He. Yeah. It was very <laughs> serious. He played the very 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 straight man in, in that comedy. Actually, you know who I would think could do it? Hmm. Jamie Fox. Ja- I don't know. Jamie I don't Fox. know if I see Jamie Foxx. And here's and here's why. Because Jamie Foxx has a little bit of comedic talent in him. He was oh, in he's that, got a lot of comedic yeah. talent for sure. Yeah, I mean he he was in that uh, that popular um, that popular in series color. in Living Color. Yep. And I, I think he has obviously the acting chops to to play oh, for the sure. serious part yeah. of the role. I would I could see Jamie Foxx hmm. playing Frank Drebin. Um, I you know uh, you brought up an interesting uh, Jamie Foxx. I was thinking. Hmm, who could play that? You know, I really don't know. I don't know offhand. That's a tough one to answer, huh? Yeah. It is tough. Anyway. Anyway. Well, that's going to be interesting. So is there any, any, uh, so that this is all just in, in, in pre-production mode. We don't have, there's nothing set in stone yet. This is just rumor right now. This is just the rumor mill. There's no mention. Nothing is set in stone. Nothing set in stone. Yeah. Nothing even set in clay. Nothing set in clay. Nothing, nothing written in, in the nothing written in the sand. <laughs> nothing written in a bowl of cereal. Other, I mean, other, <laughs> right? No, nothing okay. scribed on a on a piece of parchment with a quill. Right. Yeah. So, so stay tuned for updates on this. It okay. should be interesting so to we'll, see how we'll, this evolves. We'll keep you guys updated. Yeah, All right, we're gonna absolutely. move on here now. This is the one. This is the curveball I was gonna throw at you because I forgot to oh to actually put this in there. But yeah, you had showed me an article from ComicBookMovie.com mm-hmm. that said Andor. 
viewership well below Star Wars TV shows right. like The Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. So I guess, so you're you're saying, and you were kind of saying that this article goes into about how, yeah, it's, it's losing viewers yes. and or is. Yes. The critics love it. The, the article yep. says critics love it, but it's not setting well with Star Wars fans. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up, because it was funny, last night I was watching the uh, uh, one of the episodes, uh, catching up of, of my, you know, Andor, catching up on the series, yeah. and every episode of Andor, I absolutely love more than the last. This show, to me, is one of the top Star Wars TV shows out there, and, and I will argue with anybody all day and night about it, mm-hmm. so do you want to argue about it with me? Let's argue about it. That's what we do best, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing, but seriously, I know a lot of people. A lot of people have issue with it, and we we talked about in the past. Um, you know, the issues were that the fact it doesn't feel like a Star Wars show, yep. and you know, there's just a lot mm-hmm. of differences between this. Yep. And I told you that's what I love about it. And I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. something: the acting, the acting in the show is amazing. The sets are amazing. The yeah. script is really well written. The directing is really good. This is one of the better Star Wars shows that have come out. The Mandalorian is a great show, and it's set apart. And I love Mandalorian because it brought me back to the old Star Wars feel, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Boba Fett, crap. Uh, what else? <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, very disappointed. The sets were terrible. I mean, we talked about this before. People can go back and listen to our to our pad- podcast about it. Yeah. Sets were terrible. The, the story was very loose. I mean, it wasn't very well written. Um, but Andor, even though you know the character is what's going to happen to the character because of Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. This this story is more. Every episode is more and more compelling to me, and it's <laughs> sucking me in. And I love it. I love it even more every episode. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are. Um, I think. It's interesting that it's scoring well with the critics and not the fans, because usually in this situation, it scores well with the fans and not the critics. You know, most of the fans, not all, most of the fans like Book of Boba Fett, but most of the critics don't. You know, same thing with uh, with Obi-Wan. Yeah. Most of the critics loved Obi-Wan. Most of the fans don't. Vice versa. A lot of the fans like it. Some of the critics do whatever. The point I'm trying to make is that um, I think I think maybe Eric and this is just my philosophy with the fans at least. I think a little bit of Star Wars fatigue could be setting in here. Mm. J- uh, just from the standpoint that I, I I remember bringing up on on the previous episode that what we broached about with this topic is that it didn't feel like Star Wars to me at least. And I think to a lot of to some of the Star Wars fans, even though it's starting to feel like more of the connections are being made to the original films and some of the subsequent standalone films, maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just Star Wars fatigue sitting in with the fans. Yes, because we are getting bombarded with new con- new Star Wars content on Disney Plus, and we're going to have a lot more coming up here in the next calendar year. Yeah, with, between animated series and live action series, so. But um, people are just getting burned out, and I yeah, do. I, I think, do agree. I do yeah. agree with you on that. Now, I will say that yes, I do agree, and I was getting burned out too. And the reason is because, you know, the other series. Here's the reason: the other series seemed like they were trying to repeat the success of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. is what yeah. they were doing, and they can't. Mandalorian is its own show. Obi Wan could have been its own show. Boba Fett should have been its own show. Yes. Unfortunately, they yes. were trying to repeat repeat that success. Um, 
Andor feels like a total different show apart from these. And I think that if it is Star Wars fatigue, I really, for you Star Wars fans out there, I plead with you, please give it a chance and watch it because I truly think, I usually don't agree with critics, to be honest with you, but I cannot believe that I, I do 100%. This show is truly the acting and 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 the writing, directing, all that I said is truly amazing compared to what we've been thrown out the last few times. I think it's almost like they, they were writing off the success of Mandalorian and just trying to repeat it. At, and, and very, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, uh, what was that, a multiplicity with uh, mm-hmm. Michael, uh, Michael Keaton? Keaton yeah. Where it's like the, each copy of, of the, each copy of, of him was worse and worse and worse. And that's what they were doing. Yeah. It's like each yeah. copy of Mandalorian was getting worse and worse and worse. This Andor has taken, has completely broke free of that and taken it to a whole different level. And it does not feel like a typical Star Wars show, but that's what I love about it. But maybe that's what's going to save the franchise. I hope so. Maybe, I do. I mean, seriously, maybe we need to stop criticizing uh, the quality of the product and start criticizing the fans. And the, what Ooh, I, I don't know. Ooh, that's a, that's a bold statement. Well, that's a bold statement, but listen to where I'm coming from with okay. this. Okay. Star Wars fans are and I'm one of them, so I'm equally guilty of this. Mm. We are extremely rabid about the way this franchise is handled. And that goes right down from the storytelling to the visuals to the music to everything. We want it a certain way. We expect it to be a certain way. Whether Mm -hmm. we have our favorite characters up there or not, it has to look, feel, and sound like Star Wars. And Andor is a complete 180 from that. We've talked about that ad nauseum, not only... Right now, but in previous in the previous episode that we first uh, st- talked about with this, but maybe that's what it needs to save the franchise because the other series that haven't been well received have had more of the connections to the previous Star Wars canon than Andor has. Mm. So maybe this is a good thing. Maybe we need to start telling the fans to chill out rather than telling the creators who are manning this Star Wars flagship uh, to ch- to. To do it our way, well, I, I think I think you're right a little bit, but I will say that I, I think the fans have you know the fans have, have been very critical of the Star Wars and and for good reason. And I'm one of them. And but you yep. know Ro- Rogue One when also was a it, it had it did have that vein where it did feel more like an, an original like a New Hope. It had that feeling, yeah. right? It did go it over the top with the CGI and everything. But yeah. but it wasn't trying to recreate a New Hope. It wasn't yeah. trying to recreate the the characters the 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 right. feeling. But it, it it had enough of it of the nostalgia that carried over. But it was its own film and it had its own characters. And I and I do I I like Rogue One as a standalone film. And and with Andor, you know, they're able to do this with the TV series. Um, so, yes, I do agree. The fan, the fans, you know, the 180 thing, I think what it is, too, is I, I think, uh, like I said, Star Wars, this whole replicating, you know, let's replicate the same stuff over and over and over. And I, I think it worked great for The Mandalorian because people wanted that nostalgia. Yeah. But I think Boba <clears throat> Fett should have went a different way. I think even Obi-Wan could have went a different way. And, you know, I didn't have to see 20 battles between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, just just give me a glimpse of it and let's wait till season two. And, you know, I don't know. It, it, it just it just feels like they're they're just repeating themselves with this other stuff. And Andor's breaking that mold and they're putting out a good product. Mm-hmm. And it is unfortunate. I think it is fatigue, like you said, and the fans are just not even paying attention to it. I don't yeah. even think they're giving it a chance. But look, as look, the critics are the ones who are going to keep who are going to keep it alive, because the studio listens to the critics, mm. and it, if the critics love it, that's just fuel for their fire 
to produce more and more content. I will say, I will give you this. I did in this in this in this episode uh, before. Uh, I did have an AK-47, couple of them sightings, and just to let you know, they yeah. shot out laser bolts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they were laser AK-47s. Nice. I don't know. I, that's the gripe I have with it. Come on. Come with some original uh, uh, laser guns here. Don't use ak 47 Come at but me anyway. with your laser firing AK-47. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So we'll move on. But anyway, just yeah. give, give, Andor, give Andor a chance. I do, I do agree with that article. Yeah. That was, that was okay. Article. Interesting. Okay. All right. Real, real quick. Um, I know we're kind of running out of time, and I'll make this quick. I just wanted to go. And I know it's uh you know October Halloween season. Um, I yeah. just wanted to bring up a show. You said you hadn't seen it yet, but mm-hmm. there's a show on Netflix that I never watched. It's been in three seasons already, and I think it's already over. I think they were they only ran three seasons of this show. Yeah, this one is based on a, a comic book series, and it's called Lock and Key. Lock and Key. Yeah, it's very interesting. So oh. you know, as a family, we're always trying to watch something, and the family can watch, right? A family show. Same with mine. This one, yep. this one has a rating of of TV fourteen. I don't find it too bad here there's some like the kids are kind of like you know smooching a little bit because it has teenagers in it but they don't really do yeah. much yeah. of anything else they always stop before they go too far okay and so so far that's all i've really seen as far as gory scenes there's not really anything gory but what the idea the premise of this is basically this family the father has gotten killed so they move to the father's uh family home uh it's it's a a mother that and uh, a, a two brothers and a sister, and they move to their father's uh, home at, where he w- grew up as a child, and he never talks about this place. Well, what they're finding out is that this place has all these interesting keys mm-hmm. that open all these interesting doors. <clears throat> like there's one yeah. door they open, and uh, where they could they actually put the key in the back of their neck, and they go into their own mind. Yeah, and it, and so it's like really interesting. It's this whole thing where they go into these other dimensions. It's kind of scary in ways. There was like this grill. Grill girl in a well, and she like tricks uh, the little boy uh, to give her one of the keys, and she's like this bad character now, and so you know she's kind of the uh, so we're, they ha- we haven't got quite into it yet to find out exactly what her motivation is here, but uh, there's something going on with this house because there's all these magical keys and they open these crazy doors. Uh, okay, so that's where we're at. We're only like three three shows into this thing, so huh, we're, okay. we haven't got very far. Anyway, okay. I just wanted to bring it up. Um, as uh, uh, you know, if you guys are looking for kind of a family show, this one seems so far it's got a lot of promise, and okay. it seems to be keeping us uh, engaged. And, and I've never, right. I didn't read the comic books, but it seems like it has a very uh, unique story to huh. it. So, okay. yeah, interesting. So Lock and key on Netflix. Lock and key on Netflix. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get to uh, probably our last story of the day here, and this was one that uh, you had brought in. And it's yeah. about one of our uh, uh, actors. Well, we talked about this story before. We did. One of our so first I'll, one of our I'll first let you episode. take it from there. Go ahead. Yeah. So way back when, I mentioned that uh, Kevin Spacey uh, was being sued by another well-known character, well, another actor, Anthony Rapp, for $43 million for uh, an incident that took place way back in 1986 when both were still fledgling actors on mm. Broadway trying to make their names in the industry. Apparently, uh, they went to a part. Kevin Spacey and Anthony Rapp went to a party. And, and he was older. Kevin Spacey, Kevin was, Spacey was older. Yeah, he's much older than Anthony Rapp. But anyway, they got a little hanky-panky with each other. And I uh, guess uh, Rapp didn't like it. And uh, he decided, even though this happened back in 1986, to file charges against Kevin Spacey a couple of years ago. Well, this made headlines because Kevin Spacey lost his job in that great series on Netflix called House of Cards Mm, because of the allegations. 
even before he was found guilty in a court of law, he was kicked off the series just because of the public perception. Well, that now was it wasn't only the, this one kid, though, right? It's like all of a sudden, other there, people started to right. come out saying were, that they were abused. Yeah. I mean, under, we're talking about underage, underage kids. They, kids. Were, they were underage at the time, and this yeah. again, there were subsequent victims that came out and alleged the same thing. Well, against Kevin Spacey. Well, just today, a New York federal court judge ruled in favor of Kevin Spacey that he did nothing wrong. Mm. And apparently the judge deemed that there was not enough uh, tangible evidence and there was more hearsay involved in this case surrounding Anthony Rapp's $43 million lawsuit against Kevin Spacey. Basically what the judge was saying is, look, this took place way back in 1986. All we're hearing right now from you is a bunch of he said, she said. Yeah. There's nothing to firmly substantiate your claims against Kevin Spacey. And so as a result, the judge tossed the lawsuit. Kevin Spacey gets to walk uh, f- walk free of charge, which is big for him because ever since this went down, he's been persona non grata. Hollywood yeah. will not touch him with a 10-foot pole. Whether that remains, it whether that continues to happen remains to be seen. But I thought this was a big story because, of course, cases like these have derailed popular entertainers' careers. And I, I've i been very fervent in this my belief in this case because I love Kevin Spacey as an actor, one of the most <clears throat> diverse actors. I've loved him in so many different roles. But when I found out about this about him, I was distraught. And I, not because he's gay. I mean, I, everyone knows he, he's gay. He's he came out several years ago. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that he that he would do something like this, obviously, just I was just like, whoa! I mean, you got to be kidding me. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting to keep. I've been keeping tabs on the story, and um, you know, it's making me wonder now if Anthony Rapp is going to try and file um, a lawsuit against him again in a different county or mm. try and move the case. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, New York federal court judge said, sorry, this lawsuit has no merit whatsoever. And she tossed it out. Well, yeah, but now, now did any of the other uh, the people, uh, you know, that, that had come out and against mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey, did, yes. did they, any of them, are they suing, do you know? Not, if they're not suing? to my knowledge. Anthony Rapp, to my knowledge, Anthony Rapp is the only one who has filed a lawsuit against him. However, there is still a lawsuit hanging over Kevin Spacey's head in a British court for a time oh. when he allegedly got a little frisky with some British boys, or they were boys at the time. Okay. And this took place back in the 90s, I think. So Now, was this when he was the... Because I know he was uh, kind of a director or creative director overseeing a theater over there. That is correct. In London. Is that during this time? That was during that time, correct. Okay. So even though Kevin Spacey avoided this lawsuit here, avoided paying $43 million in, in settlement and back damage to Anthony Rapp, he still has this uh, case impending over him in a British court, which, if anybody knows British law, it's much different than American law. It's a lot yeah. harder to beat these kinds of convictions in a British court than it is here in America. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, yeah. with that case. But, you know, it's kind of hard when something happens and there's so much time. Mm-hmm. You know, you said this happened originally back in 86, Back right? in 1986, when they were both were in a couple of Broadway productions. And Anthony Rapp And he was, was underage at the time? He was, he was 14 years old at oh, the wow. time. He was 14 wow. at the time. Kevin Spacey was in his early 20s. Wow. So, okay. yeah. It, yeah, again, took place in 1986. But Anthony Rapp just decided in 2019, 2018, whenever the, 
to to finally say, oh my god, I gotta charge this guy with so inappropriate if, behavior. So let me ask you this: If yeah. Kevin Spacey did get in another movie or TV show, mm-hmm. would you watch? Or are you tainted at this point? From <sighs> You're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot, dude. I'm going to tell you because here, here's what I think. It's yes. hard. It is very hard. It's very you know, hard. Know, knowing what you know and whether it's yes. true or whether it's, I mean, you know, I don't know. Whether, whether it's true or not, you know, but knowing what we know now, it's hard. I have not watched a Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. movie since that. I mean, I, I haven't either. Usual Suspects is amazing, you know, and, and I had never watched it since that. Mm-hmm. Um, in anything else, you know, the, the House of Cards, any of that. I mean, I just, I, I, I didn't, I kind of negotiator, a time to kill. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah. and you know what, Eric? What makes this really unique too is that it, it, it almost Midnight in the Garden of Midnight Good. in the Garden of Good and Evil, yeah, which and is evil, an yeah. underratedly good film. But um, uh, this kind of coincides in a way with the Harvey Weinstein um sexual assault, sexual abuse case. And I think yeah. what it does, it just uh, it highlights a much a, a systemic problem that takes place in Hollywood with sexual misconduct. Well, and it kind of at the same time, or maybe a little bit before, it was that Brian Singer. Brian uh, Singer faced similar charges. Issue, right? He had a similar and, issue. Yep. Yeah, it. You know, it's it's just I don't know. It, it, you know. It's tough. I will. I'm going to answer your question by saying no. Okay. I I, I won't watch another Kevin Spacey production and, until. If any of this abades and whatever, I just it's tough for me to stomach watching something that he's in, knowing that this guy is potentially a predator off off camera. When the cameras are done, who knows how many clubs he goes out to looking for his next victim? Yeah, yeah, okay. Even though he was found innocent, but even though the 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 case was tossed out, there wasn't enough evidence. There wasn't enough. He wasn't necessarily found innocent. Just there wasn't enough evidence to to right. Which proves for, for the lawsuit. This guy was going yes. for money at this point. It wasn't necessarily a conviction to Anthony, put him in jail. Yeah, Anthony Rapp was suing for mental distraught, and he was also suing, claiming that um, he had suffered, I think, PTSD as a result of it. Mm. But it, what it what it proves, though, is that Kevin Spacey, even though he was found not guilty of these charges, it only proves that he's guilty for this type of behavior. Yeah. And who knows if he's if this is even going to prevent him from doing it again? I doubt it won't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's you know we'll we'll see. Hey, before we go, I know we're yes. we're going to run over a couple a couple of minutes here, but I I want to get to the story real quick. Let's because, end on a high note. But yes, let's end, let's, end, let's end on a. Well, I don't know if this is a high note. Okay, but yeah, this is going to be a fun note. All right. You were telling me there is yes. an article about a uh, movie trailer. Yes, that had people. Uh, <laughs> well, it's actually, doing some things that uh, they usually don't do during movie trailers. Yeah. So, and it is that time. It is October. It's that season. So, I, I wanted to go ahead and end on this. Yeah. So, so tell me, what was this here? <laughs> okay, so it's actually not a teaser. So, there is a new horror movie right now that is causing reports of fans passing. Oh wait, out. wait! This wasn't a trailer. It this wasn't a teaser. Th- I have to correct myself. This is an actual movies out it, in theaters. It's an actual movie. Okay. So the name of the movie is called Terrifier Two. So obviously that means there was a first movie called Terrifier that came out. But anyway, Terrifier 2 features the main character called Art the Clown. And it's causing quite the stir because during its theatrical run, uh, apparently uh, 
a number of intense and gory scenes have caused a lot of moviegoers <laughs> to actually faint in the theater, exit the theater. This is crazy. And it, it, it's and crazy. Vomit, right? And, and there's vomit. people been vomit. Yes. So this this story comes from comicbook.com, which you can question its uh, integrity and its um and its integrity. Yeah, its integrity later. But at any rate, to so, so this is basically like people were 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 they quoting or were they were they uh, tweeting this out or what were they doing here? So they were actually quoting. Um, this was during a screening of the film. Oh, they're quoting moviegoers. Yes. Okay, and gotcha. So uh, one of the moviegoers said, "Quote: Definitely not for weak stomachs. Someone actually fainted during <laughs> my screening of this movie." Okay. Wow. Here's another quote. Terrifier 2 was an amazing, gory mess. Oh, my god. The gosh. guy behind me passed out cold <laughs> and cr- and crashed into my chair. Another guy left because he didn't feel that good. I overheard him say, and walking out the theater door, I heard another guy puking hard oh and my loud gosh. in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> when I read this, Eric, I was hysterically this cracking up. crazy. Because this movie must seriously break all grounds of decency even for a horror film if wow. people are walking out the theater and puking their guts out in that's the bathroom amazing. and they can audibly be heard puking that their is guts amazing out. i mean do you believe yes. this do you think this really happened okay look to each his own yeah all right we can each tolerate certain things more than the other person can i look this was in an article and comicbook.com again you can question the validity of this site but because a lot of freelancers mm. write on this site but look if this took place during the screening of the movie and it, people were in there actually witnessing this, then there has to be some level of truth to it. There might be. Yeah, there might there be. There might be some level. You know, it's funny. Truth. It seems like every so often there's a movie like this that comes out because this isn't the yes. first time I've heard of this stuff where people have claimed to have, you know, been throwing up or passing right. out during right. during some some scary movie, some scenes in some scary movies. I, you know, liter- I literally was going to throw up when I saw Independence Day 2. <laughs> so that type of feeling can be evoked in a movie. That's and that how wasn't bad. even a, supposedly a scary movie, right? Oh, I, I was going to throw up for other it was, reasons. It was scary in its own way. Yeah, I guess, in its own right? way. But so, yeah, when I read about that, about this horror movie, I'm just like, oh, my great. God. So, so you're telling people, if you want if you want to probably faint, puke, who knows what else, all kinds of bodily reactions, yes. go see Terrifier 2 with Art the Clown. And if you are faint of heart or weak of stomach, do not eat a chili dog or have nachos before you see this movie. <laughs> yeah, don't you, go, yeah, warning, yeah. You might regret it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, that's going to do it for us this week. So, thank you for uh, listening to us. Remember to review the show and subscribe. And don't forget to uh, like us and follow us and leave comments. Let us know what uh, you like and don't like. It really helps us out as well. All right. Hey, until next time, we'll see you guys later. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.